everybody, it's He Yang. Roundtable is thrilled to launch the UniTalk Challenge: Rising Stars of Roundtable. If you like the show and enjoy our discussions, why not take the stage yourself? Calling all university students, both undergraduates and postgrads, to engage in an English discussion on a topic that ignites your passion. Record your discussion, which consists more than one person, and send it to us at ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. You could be the next rising star of Roundtable. An incredible opportunity awaits, so seize the moment. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable. I'm Yeo Honglin, sitting in for He Yang, joined by Josh and Xingyu. Coming up on the second half of the show, in a world where love can be as unpredictable as weather, we've all been through the ups and downs of relationships. While a happy ending is what most would appreciate for a good love story, more and more young audience start to develop a special taste for breakup movies. Why is that? And it's the time for Roundtable's Heart to Heart segment, where we highlight a question from one of our listeners and provide them with the humble opinions of Roundtable. If you also would like to have a little piece of advice from the Roundtable team, just send your question to easyfmroundtable at foxmail.com. Now, breakups suck. But almost everyone encounters the pain of a broken heart at some point in life. In recent years, a diverse array of movies and reality TV shows that revolve around the theme of breakups has resonated with many young audiences. So, what is it about breakup movies that draw people in, and what do they gain from these? Special experiences. First is first. Are we really watching that many breakup movies nowadays? <laughs> I think over the past decade, there are quite a few <laughs> Chinese movies and reality TV shows that depict breakups、um, that also have gained popularity among young Chinese audiences. And here are some of the examples. I think the most typical one is the X Files franchise. In Chinese, it's called 前任攻略 The first part started in 2014. It's directed by the Chinese director Tian Yusheng, and this year the movie launched its fourth installment, the X Files 4: Marriage Plan.、Um, So the movie was both released in domestic and international theaters, and this time the movie focuses on marriage. And when we talk about domestic breakup movies, I think the beginning of the popularity of this kind of movie is a movie called Love Is Not Blind. It was released in 2011. So it's considered as one of the low-budget films that solely focused on the theme of the breakup. The movie starts with a heartbreaking breakup.、Um, the female protagonist goes through the phase of the pain of a breakup, and then finally learns and grows and finds love again in the end. At the end of the movie,、um, and after that movie, in the years followed, we have seen quite a few similar stories that end with breakups, such as. So young, my old classmate, and fleet of time, and also more recently, we have also seen 
reality TV show like "See You Again" 再见我的爱人 It also triggered various discussions on Chinese social media. I think it also resonated with a lot of audiences.、Um, it features three married couples, and they are having this kind of troubles in their relationships, and they are going on a 18-day vacation while they are exploring how to. Solve their relationship problems, and also to see how their relationship, where the relationship can go. So this reality TV show also delves into the issues of intimacy or the communication between your partner, or the complexity of human nature. So that is a really long list here. I was wondering, Josh, have you ever watched any breakup movies? Do you have a special taste for it? Of course, I've watched breakup movies. I think all of us, <laughs> all of us have an. I think one of the answers to this question, as to why so many young people are, you know, into these breakup movies,、yeah. is because a lot of blockbusters generally, when they come out, are tailored towards a slightly younger audience. Because if you look、mm. at cinema goers more traditionally, and、um, people that get more invested in cinema,、um, they often tend to be slightly younger. And actually, a lot of the most famous movies of all time are breakup movies or heartbreak movies. I mean. The list is just endless. I mean, you could start with one of the more classic、Titanic. earlier twentieth-century movies. Well, like Casablanca. Oh,、um, I mean,、Casablanca. I'm I'm going Hollywood here,、uh, but Casablanca, Gone with the Wind, even earlier than that one.、Um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That's a more modern one.、Um, the Titanic. I mean, I know they don't technically a, break yeah, up. Yeah, it's not but, a breakup movie. It's just a bad well, ending mean, it, story. It, it, Kind of break up, not on their own accord, right? <laughs> Life and relationship ends.、Um, La La Land La is another Land. modern、oh. one, which I think—I mean—that's going to be famous for decades, right? Yeah,、um, I, I have to—I have to jump in there because I do have a little bit personal anecdote about <laughs> La La Land. We <laughs> see the thing is, before watching the movie, I didn't know it's a. Breakup movie. I didn't know it was a bad Nobody ending、knows. movie <laughs> because it was a Valentine's Day and it was a date with my then boyfriend, now husband, and we were about to spend a romantic evening and we chose La La Land. Oh, thank you! And we spent around <laughs> three hours in the cinema and ended up don't know what to say about it because it's not only a breakup story; it's also a story that. That will remind you of your ex, of how amazing they are, and how <laughs> sad it is that you didn't have、oh、a chance to end up with them. And I mean, it's it's a great movie. It's a good story. It's a story you can talk to your girlfriends, to your friends, but really not your current significant other, because it's just, you cannot really say to them like, "No, you are my great love." The previous one is just not. You know that's significant. It's just a weird conversation. That brings me to my next question: Who do you go to these movies with? Who do you watch the breakup movies with? Because in my opinion, your current significant other is not a good option. <laughs> that's an interesting question.、Um, I think for most of our viewers, when we go to a movie theater to watch a movie, most of the time we don't know how the movie is going to end, <laughs> and also that's the fun and charm part of. A movie. So when I go watch La La Land with my best friend,、uh, we both cried at the end of the movie, and we know it's such a great movie. But <laughs> but once you said you you watched the movie with your then boyfriend, I it could it can cause some problem. But I think ultimately you need to not 
get involved that much. Oh that no, 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 no! I saved that day by saying, "Ah, they didn't end up together, but we did. We are so lucky." <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I think so. For some couples、um, who watch such kind of great movies but with sad or bad endings, I think it's also a, an opportunity for them to have a meaningful conversations about relationship or the problems they are having or the future. These movies are different, even though we say they're breakup movies. But some movies focus on the problems in the relationship, like the reality or whether or not to follow your dream or to stay with your significant other. Is career more important, or is your love life or your family more important? Something、mm. like that. And or、uh, for the reality show, Xinyu has mentioned, it's. Relatively more, I would say, real and down to、yeah. earth. You see the little hiccups and little frictions in relationship. Yet, with all the all of them combined together, could cause major problem or they reveal major problems in your relationship. So these are all different. So Josh, have you ever watched a breakup movie with your significant other? <laughs> no, I don't think it's a good choice. Thank you.、Um, I mean, it depends where you are in your relationship. I mean,、mm. it, and probably if if you're struggling to watch it with your partner, it, it may show maybe a, a sign that there might be something wrong. Dare I say it? But don't. Maybe not. <laughs> but maybe I, it's just I, I'm really not sure. But yeah, a little bit awkward. But again, I I think that the theme of breaking up is just so common in so many different movies that. I mean, we could probably identify some sort of breakup theme in almost any big blockbuster or drama, like somewhere. It may not be the central theme, but it's there somewhere. So、um, I, I, I guess it depends how it comes across. Like La La Land, for example. I know that it is very sad. Not to, I mean, we've al- already spoiled the ending for anybody that、oh. hasn't seen it. But at the same time, you know, it's also extremely romantic. Yeah, very sweet. And, and also at the end, you know the. Protagonists, they sort of look at each other, and it's almost like, oh, what could have been? You know, they、mm. kind of still do love each other. So,、uh, it's not all that sad that movie, I don't think.、Um, so it depends, really. And then, of course, Casablanca, one of the more classic ones, set against the backdrop of World War Two, which is quite a、uh, you know significant and traumatic event, which would strain any relationship, I imagine. Mm. Mm. Recently, I've watched this、um, movie called Marriage Story. This movie is a 2019.、Oh, yeah. A movie stars Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. It it was nominated by Oscar,、uh, Oscars Academy Awards, and the movie revolves around a married couple.、Um, they are going through a difficult divorce. They also have a child, so、um, they are also battling over the custody、uh, over this young boy. So I think what impressed me most about this movie is how、um, realistic. A divorce or a married couple can be. Previously, I think divorce is just a couple、um, go to some place and get a certificate, and then you're divorced. But after watching this movie, I I've come to realize that divorce is much more complicated than that. There are a lot of issues and complexities involved in that, and also、um, in the relationship of a couple. Um, there are a lot of issues you are have to handle, and、um, especially one of the most impressive scenes in this movie is the argument that two protagonists have while they are battling over this、uh, divorce procedure, and they have this pent up emotions at that moment just burst out, and、um, even in front of 
the person that you once loved so much and at that moment you just had to say something that really hurts the other one's feeling you know this kind of scenes um i cannot say i totally resonate with that but i think it it also brought me a lot of um reflections or some of thinking uh, to see the real problems a couple can actually encounter in a marriage. So mm. that's also, I think, one of the reasons why people watch such kind of movies. That is quite a reveal of the movie. And actually, I come across this psychological term that is called paradox of tragedy. Mm. It says that um, people derive pleasure from tragic narratives. It suggests that engaging with tragedies provides a form of intellectual and emotional stimulation, mm -hmm. allowing individuals to engage with complex themes and emotional experiences in a controlled environment. Because deep down, you know that it's not something that's happening to you. You are safe. You're only watching, observing, and in a way, experiencing this emotion, this situation from a safe distance. I think it's a little bit similar to uh, the reason why people sometimes love to watch horror movies. That is, you know you're safe, but you still mm -hmm. want the stimulus. You want the excitement. That's where you get it from. And it's a little bit similar. But I think you mentioned something very important. That is, um, people would appreciate a story with bad endings. Sometimes bad ending or struggles make you feel like the story is deeper, is more profound, is even closer to your reality. Do you agree? Josh? Yeah, I do think that there is some truth in that, actually. I think that it's more relatable. And let's be honest, most of us are going to have more breakups than we are successful relationships, because <laughs> I guess you can only have, technically, you can only have, if success is defined by <laughs> not breaking up, you're only, you're only going to have one, yeah. right? Um, so I think that breakups are really relatable. Trauma and difficult emotions are very relatable. They're also the more difficult ones to process. And I think that's possibly also an explanation as to why younger people may relate to or enjoy more or watch more breakup movies because it's difficult to process those emotions. And I think that it's more difficult when it's the first time or when you're younger to process mm -hmm. those emotions. So watching these movies can definitely help you get through them, right? They're more relatable. So. I do think that we prefer sad movies. We like to read sad news. And I, I mean, I don't know how deep we want to go into the human <laughs> psychological complex on this issue. But yeah, there's thank goodness it's not us. Yeah, yeah, it's something there. But I, I think that there's something about identity formation at that kind of age. And also it, it is more relatable, right? I mean, a breakup's a breakup. Like being upset because you've lost somebody is pretty it's more standardized, I think, than happiness. I don't know. Yeah. I think also many young people, they come to breakup movies um, to get a sense that you are not alone. You know, you can always find comfort in breakup movies that when you watch a protagonist, um, she ultimately can come out from this painful breakup and um, uh, find love again. So I think there's always hope and um, healing from this kind of breakup movies. Um, for me, I think in the past, I would opt for happily ever after stories like Disney princess movies. The prince always gets back together with the princess and then they live happily ever after. But after a few years, when I grow older, I think I've changed. <laughs> um, I definitely think um, this kind of breakups or 
a relationship with tragic endings or sad endings, these are some of the norm of our modern society, especially for today's younger generation. We are having this shorter lifespan of a relationship. The relationship for our younger generation is less longer than the previous generation. <laughs> I don't that is know. a very interesting point because I come across this idea that uh, there is a concept called mood management theory. This theory suggests that individuals choose media content based on their current emotional states. People may select narratives with bad endings to match or manage their emotional states. For example, someone in a bad mood might be more inclined to appreciate a sad or tragic ending. And like Xingyu has just said, someone who has recently just broke up might opt for a breaking up movie. So do you think the popularity of these breakup movies suggests that nowadays young people are, you know, having or suffering from more bad endings in their relationship? <laughs> I think to some extent they are. <laughs> Is it because they have leveled up their game and they want much more so they cannot find the significant other easily like before? Well, I don't have any statistics to hand, but I imagine that online dating and social media has allowed us to connect with people, many more people, more easily. I think probably the world of online dating has meant that people meet more people more romantically and as societies the world over a lot of them as they develop often become slightly less traditional in things like um, marriage and dating i imagine that people are going on more dates these days and are consequently breaking up more and but it's not necessarily I, a bad thing not necessarily a bad thing and i and i think that it's also very difficult to get statistics on heartbreak right as well and what is a breakup you know what constitutes a breakup if you go on one or two dates with somebody and then never see them again. Is that a breakup? I mean, I guess a, a lot of people would say no, right? Mm -hmm. But it's actually quite difficult to quantify these numbers here. Um, so I, I reckon that probably young people are maybe having slightly, slightly more breakups, but still <laughs> maybe the level of heartbreak is somewhere around the same. Oh. I think we're all, we're all only capable of a, a finite amount of heartbreak, I, I feel. Yeah. Well, I think at the end of the day, we are giving more choices, no matter it's a bad ending or a happy ever after kind of ending. We are given these different stories and movies and literature so that we can channel our emotions through different ways. We can reflect on our reality and maybe learn one or two tips from these movies about how to manage a good relationship. And hopefully that is why it's getting more popular. And as long as you get to appreciate them, as long as it helps your emotional and mental health, why not go have a good cry over someone's <laughs> dead love and channel your own bad emotions out. That is always a good thing and a healthy thing to do. You're listening to Roundtable. Coming up next, Roundtable's Heart to Heart. Stay tuned. You ask. We answer. Roundtable. Heart to Heart. It's the hour of Roundtable with myself, Neil Honglin, Josh Cotterell, and Xing Yu. Today, we welcome another story or question from one of our listeners. And um, 
Kevin, that's the name of our listener, sent it in email instead of a voice memo. We took the liberty of transforming his text into speech with the help of artificial intelligence. Let's take a listen. Hi, Roundtable team. It's Kevin from the beautiful city of Guangzhou. I'm a big fan of your show. Now it has become one of my routines to tune into Roundtable during my daily commute to work. Speaking of which, there's a concern that's been nagging at me recently. I was wondering if you guys have any suggestions for me. I've been working in a foreign company for nearly two years now. Recently, I joined a new project, and I find myself drowning in an ocean of tasks. Sometimes, while I'm working on one task, the project manager would assign other tasks to me, which really stresses me out. I feel like I'm now wrestling with an endless to-do list every day. I'm curious how you guys would handle a situation like this. I'd really appreciate your insights. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. You sound like this in my head, so I picked the voice for you. If it, it does not sound like you, please let me know. But nevertheless, you've been really, really busy. I doubt. I'm not really sure if you will send in another email about the voice choice. But nevertheless, I think this is a problem that we'll all encounter at a point of our life. That is, you are doing a lot, a lot of different things. You are given a lot of different tasks, and you feel like your life is, or your schedule is. About to explode. <laughs> so, is there a suggestion or any advice from Josh? Well, as usual, I would be careful with very direct and specific instruction or suggestion when I hear a question like this, because I don't really know enough about your particular job or what you do. But again, I think ultimately a lot of this comes down to communication, and it also comes down to time management. I mean, it sounds to me, although again, using the power of AI, it's quite difficult to feel your tone here. Yeah, it sounds like you're quite hardworking and that you're quite punctual and that you take your job seriously enough. You care about it enough to at least have written into roundtable. So I imagine that you do care about your job and you do want to do a good job. Um, you know, a lot of people they don't, and if that's the case, then that's the issue. But for you, I think it sounds like you need to very carefully communicate with your boss. And again, this is all so dependent on the context of your relationship with your boss. But you need to establish that relationship with them. You need to figure out a polite and clear way to communicate with them. Schedule a time to speak with them. And when you do schedule a time to speak with them, make sure that you've planned very clearly what you want to say. Offer solutions rather than just problems. Try and be concise, not to waste their time. Be direct. Be very specific. About the issue, and also, as I said before, offer some solution rather than just say that you're overloaded and you've got a problem. You may have a lovely boss who empathizes with you and cares about your emotional well-being, but your <laughs> boss may also not care that much and be very Cold busy. Cold-blooded and just want you to yeah. do the work. <laughs> but yeah, you know, ultimately not care as much, and you have to be ready for that as well. And I think one way to do that is to be very concise and clear. Yeah. Shortly, are you talking about suggesting our lovely listener to know to say no and to set boundaries? Well, I wouldn't. I'm not sure if I would. See, this is quite difficult. I, I'm not sure if I would say set boundaries. Again, depends on your relationship with your boss.、Mm. I think it's important to bring it up, but it's also important to offer solutions、uh, rather than just problems. Um, so that will take some time to think about. If you can offer your boss a suggestion or a solution to fix the issue, I think that sometimes the boss can even respect that even more because ultimately that will, will result in better efficiency for the whole company. 
That's、mm. a really good advice. Yeah, and I I also think that、um, learn to say no is also important, especially when you are encountering、um, extremely overwhelming workload, and then your project manager assigns you with another. Then it's it's necessary to politely say no to your manager. And also for me, I think I. I also struggle with such kind of、uh, endless to-do list, and I think how to manage your heavy workload is very important for me. I what I would normally do is to write down everything that I need to do that day、um, to get it more organized and have some idea of how much、uh, workload I am dealing with today.、Um, but the downside of this is that. Because I am too organized, <laughs> and I wish to stick to my original plan. So when the manager assigns with additional tasks or some urgent tasks, or or he or she disrupts the original plan, and I think the change of mindset is really important to acknowledge that、um, changes is the norm and to embrace the flexibility and to have some room for flexibility is very important. And also.、Um, I think it's necessary to know how to prioritize your tasks. So for me, I think、um, decide what's the most urgent and what's most important tasks to do first is very important.、Uh, and for other tasks, I would usually、uh, finish the easy ones first and then go to the hard ones so that I can have a bigger chunk of time for this task.、Um, and also, I would do one. Thing at a time for productivity.、Um, I think multitasking is not for me, so I would schedule specific times for focused work. So that's kind of my tricks. See, that's Roundtable's very own Xingyu, being a very organized person. Arrange your day with a to-do list. I recently started to do that as well because, yes, there are simply too many things、mm-hmm. you need to、um, split your focus on. And one thing I learned through. These experience these days is that you gotta have a work pal. You gotta make some work friends, or let's say find out who you can work with. Because、mm-hmm. recently I've encountered this saying. I enjoy it quite much. Let me share it with you. Even though it's not motivational Monday, still worth sharing a <laughs> quote. It is better to have one person working with you than three people working for you. I think the idea is that when you are working with someone, you have a common goal and you strive to get there together. You have different approaches. You can think for each other and you can help each other. Whereas when you are working. Uh, when someone's working for you, you have to tell them what they need to do, and maybe constantly supervise and、um, talk to them, communicate with them with details, and sometimes it's just not that efficient. So consider. I'm not really sure what your current situation is, Kevin, but I'm pretty sure you would have coworkers, or maybe even you have a team of. Colleagues working with you again. Consider them your working colleagues, friends working with you instead of simply work for you. Give them the full picture, enhance and improve the in the overall quality and efficiency of your entire team, and maybe that would. Unload some of your burden and make the entire team a better, more efficient team, and perhaps that can help you a little bit more with the situation. Not really sure if Roundtable solves your problem, but hopefully you can let us know in another email. And that brings us to the end of today's Roundtable. Thanks, Xingyu and Josh. It's been a pleasure having you at our table. 
Until next time, keep the conversations going and the ideas flowing. I'm Yohoin. See you next time.